football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Oh, welcome back in, everybody, to the only digital radio show that is devoted to those hounds, those pooches, those underdogs in college football and the NFL. And we have reached the weekend in the college game championship Saturday upcoming, whether it be SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, ACC, Pac-12, or even the non-Power 5 conferences, the American, my alma mater, Memphis, playing host of the title game, the CUSA title game. I'll be working that one on the radio nationally on TuneIn, Florida Atlantic against UAB, Alabama, Birmingham, FAU hosting the title game in Boca Raton, Florida. What about Boise State hosting Hawaii in the Mountain West championship game? MAC title game that you're going to hear some about. Sunbelt title game on and on with all all of these different college football games that are going to be going on on Saturday. We'll cover it. Not only that, but the college football playoff is looming. The final four spots to be revealed on Sunday after championship Saturday. I'll get into some analysis about that before we get to our prognosticators, our handicappers that are coming up. Also, the coaching carousel. Who's going to go where with these college openings from Florida State to Arkansas, from Boston College to Ole Miss, and on and on with the different college vacancies? And there may be a surprising name or two that might be involved in the coaching carousel. So let's find out what happens with who goes where even involving some of these coaches on championship Saturday, might they uh, be involved in a winning conference championship game and then taking another job to go somewhere else? It has happened before, including recently with Scott Frost, uh, the UCF coach a couple of years ago. They won that thrilling double overtime game against my alma mater, Memphis, uh, at home for UCF, won the American Conference Tournament or the American Conference Championship game, and then Frost in the postgame with reports everywhere is having to address that he's taking the Nebraska job. Can't even celebrate the win and the perfect season for UCF. So we may see some replicas of that with some of these coaches like Mike Norvell at Memphis, Lane Kiffin at Florida Atlantic, Matt Rule at Baylor that are all involved in championship games for this weekend. Where do they go? Why is Florida State not made a hire as of yet? Uh, who are the USF Bulls going to get? Who are the Missouri Tigers going to get? On and on for the coaching carousel. And then we'll get to the NFL. Week number 14, only four weeks of the regular season remain. And there are a lot of things still in play for playoff position and jockeying, especially in the AFC where the Texans got a large win over the Patriots last week. Looks like Baltimore and Houston right now have the inside track for the buys in the AFC. Could New England be on the way out as AFC East champs? The scenario exists that the Buffalo Bills might end up winning the East. More on that as the show goes on. What about San Francisco off the tough loss in Baltimore? They're still on the road. They're at New Orleans this weekend in the Superdome. Is that maybe an NFC Championship game preview? What about the Seahawks, their Monday night game, or the the Sunday night game, excuse me, against the Rams uh, that's upcoming? So a lot of different NFL. My Bucks playing the Colts. 
Suddenly my Buccaneers have won back-to-back games. They're actually the home favorite with Indianapolis. So much NFL to talk about as well on the show. So some special guests that are upcoming, our usual handicappers, uh, doing some great uh, work with the Insight on Championship Games Saturday. Looking forward to hearing from Gary Seegers, Winning Cures Everything podcast, uh, Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com, and also Sean Green of the Sports Gambling Podcast will be here as well. Predictions, analysis, lots of underdogs forthcoming. Before we get to the picks, a perfect time to tell you about a sponsor of ours here on Three Dog Thursday, that Smack Apparel. Love uh, the guys with Smack Apparel, smackapparel.com for in-your-face college and pro-themed tees to get after your opponent, your rival. Nothing better than Smack Apparel. And it's holiday time right now, so whether you root on those SEC teams like LSU or Georgia or Alabama or Florida or Auburn, Take advantage. Same thing, Big Ten uh, with Ohio State's win. I had Michigan last week on Three Dog Thursday. Boy, was I mistaken. Ohio State pummeled them again. 14th win in 15 tries against the Wolverines. Smack Apparel has got the clever Ohio State saying, Michigan is our Michigan. Uh, With all the dates of all the wins and the scores for the Ohio State victories, check out that shirt, uh, the LSU wear, uh, on and on. Clemson, the SEC can kiss my ACC, on and on for Smack Apparel. And NFL Smack as well, the Patriots Dynasty shirts, Cleveland Browns stuff, Green Bay Packers stuff, Dallas Cowboys stuff. Go check it out at smackapparel.com and a special promo code. Remember this promo code, DOG, D-O-G, for Three Dog Thursday. Just the just the name DOG will save you 20% with Smack Apparel off your order. Off your full order, save 20%. If you buy four of these shirts, you basically get the fourth one for free with the 20% offer. And if you spend $40 or more, the order ships for free. Anywhere domestically here in the United States, ship that order with Smack Apparel, 40 bucks or more. It ships for free. Remember the promo code DOG. Go shopping. They've been talking the talk since 1998 for 21 years. Get under your opponent's skin. Get in their face. Humorous, hilarious shirts. It's smackapparel.com and the promo code DOG for 20% off. Let's get to the interviews. Let's get to the predictions. Championship Saturday in college football. Coaching carousel. What happens there and much more. Stay with us. We are rolling along. It is Championship Saturday. Looking forward to all of it and uh, what is going to transpire from uh, every, everywhere uh, all over the college football landscape, whether you're talking about LSU and Georgia in Atlanta, whether you're talking about Ohio State, Wisconsin Saturday night in Indianapolis, uh, the Pac-12 title game that is Friday night, Oregon and Utah in Santa Clara, California, or even in Memphis, where our next guest is from the Winning Cures Everything podcast, Gary Seegers back on the show, Cincinnati, and my Give Me Memphis, Tennessee, Memphis Tigers uh, doing battle for the second straight week in the American Conference Championship game. we got championship games all over the place, and it's good to have Gary back here on the podcast because winning does cure everything. My friend, did you get enough to eat for Thanksgiving, and are we ready for championship Saturday in college football? I ate so much for four straight days. I, so I went to my in-laws, which is uh, <laughs> about an hour south of Birmingham, Alabama, uh-huh. and my mother-in-law can cook like nobody's business. It was fantastic. Uh, had all sorts of different stuff. And 
and we ate on the Thanksgiving meal for days after. <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic. It's like Christmas. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Thanksgiving leftovers, uh, and, and especially you've got the young child, so you don't got to worry about cooking. Just keep keep putting the leftovers to use uh, as the weekend unfolded. All right, so as the you weekend right. unfolded, we saw a couple of things. How many times have we preached this, whether me coming on with you and Chris Giannini on your podcast, on the Winning Cures Everything podcast and YouTube show, or you guys coming on with me here on Three Dog Thursday, you got to let this play out. And we've seen it now with game after game after game where Minnesota loses for a second time at home this time against Wisconsin. So they're out of the picture, completely out of the Big Ten title game, as it turns out. Alabama loses for the second time. So na 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 na. Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye to the Tide's hopes of an at large spot not playing in the SEC title game. Gary, my overall point you got to let it play out. We've said that for weeks. We're seeing it now, and we got one more weekend to let it play out, right? Yes, we do. I, I get into this argument frequently, and it, it happens every year. Everybody wants to expand, which, sure, would be so entertaining, right? I would love to have eight teams vying for these spots, but when you really look at it, are there eight teams every year that deserve to play for a national championship in college football? And I don't, I don't think they are. Right. Uh, you're looking at, right now, Wisconsin is number eight. I just I don't know that Wisconsin is national championship level, uh, and of course you know everybody will say, well we're having a playoff right now. You've got number one against number eight, and you've got Utah fighting their way in, and you've got it, no, it's it's just not the same. Uh, I think four is the right spot right now. I, I, I don't think there are eight teams that could win a national championship, especially this year. And the arguing would not be the same. It would not fuel the sport, as I keep saying, for November in particular, if everybody's getting in. If all the conference champions are getting in plus three more teams, it's not, it's not the same as how this is going to unfold. I mean, perfect example, that Pac-12 title game means everything for Utah's argument to get in the top five. Right? We agree. We all agree. It means nothing if you have eight teams because the winner of the game would be in the playoffs. So there's so much more intrigue for Utah's argument uh, to watch this game and so much more hanging in the balance because there are only four teams. So that's that's the point. Well, I will say this. Look look at it from the other side, on Oregon's side. Yes, I understand they're disappointed that they lost to Arizona State, but Oregon has not been to the Rose Bowl in a long time. They win this game, they get to make that trip to Pasadena, and that means a lot for those guys out there. Yes. So it, the game matters on both sides, and it not everything has to be about the playoffs. I am a, a college football purist when it comes to these games all should matter for different reasons. Not everything has to be about the playoffs. Some of it's just pride. Right. The pageantry of the Rose Bowl, you're absolutely right, because uh, you know Ohio State got left out a year ago, and then they ended up playing Washington in the Rose Bowl and beat them senseless. Uh, that's not a bad – that's not even really a consolation prize. That is a phenomenal bowl game, a phenomenal setting. And in the South, if you end up going to the to the Sugar Bowl or, or something like – the Orange Bowl, 
that is a tremendous bowl game to obviously be part of as well. I, I, I understand the argument that maybe the Cotton Bowl, the Fiesta, and the Peach don't have the same tradition, the same pageantry, but heck, the Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl are the semifinal games for this year in the rotation. So we get all of that. All right, so before you get into your underdog selections, I have laid out on the podcast prior to you hopping on here to lead off, Gary Seegers, that I believe LSU is in no matter what, even with a loss to Georgia Saturday in Atlanta. Let's begin right there. Are you in agreement with me that the Bayou Bengals have done enough that they're at least going to be the fourth team in the playoff with a loss, and I, be- I-, I believe they're in? I I would typically agree with you, but things that I'm hearing about this selection committee, and, and they should be in because they've got the better resume, right? This would give them what is it, four wins over top 12 teams? Uh, that, that's pretty unheard of. And they should be the number one seed, really, if they, if they beat Georgia. Uh, if they don't, they've still got amazing wins, better than anybody else in the country. And, yes, they should be in. But I think the precedent that it sets, and obviously this committee changes every year, but it, the current committee, from what I understand, wants to make an emphasis on conference championships. So if you were to put in LSU without a conference championship at 12 and one, and then you've still got Utah at 12 and one, Oklahoma or Baylor at 12 and one, it, maybe you're sending the wrong message that, Hey, your conferences don't matter. At, you know, we'll see. I do think that they are probably in, but we'll see. I mean, the, the committee can do crazy things. I mean, we just watched them take Minnesota from number eight, after a loss that put them to 10 and two and drop them all the way back to 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just like a, a week ago, we watched them take Baylor from number 14 after a win over a seven and five Texas team and jump them up to number nine. It, none, some of the <laughs> it stuff doesn't that make doing sense. No sense. Right. Alabama, Alabama loses to rival Auburn by three points in crazy fashion. They dropped 10 spots. They were on the cusp yeah. of the playoff and now they are just eradicated. So yes, it is a subjective vote. We get that. I just believe LSU has done enough with the road win at Texas because again, Ohio State is also undefeated and you could make the similar argument with them as the number one team. They don't have the road win out of conference that LSU does. They also don't have the three wins uh, that LSU does overall um, that make that resume and make that argument. I believe Ohio State would be in real jeopardy with a loss of not being in the four. I think there's where the door opens for Oklahoma and for Utah more so uh, than for LSU. We will we will see. So uh, at this point, I, I believe it's a given. Clemson is going to win and win convincingly over Virginia in that matchup. So Clemson is in. I believe Ohio State uh, is in. Uh, do you agree with me? Cle- Clemson is a lock to win that ACC title game in Charlotte and win it big. Agreed? I I do agree with that. I I think that Virginia can do some crazy things to, to keep this within uh, the 28-and-a-half. I mean, that, the line opened, I think, at 26 or 26-and-a-half and was immediately bet up, and it keeps being bet up right now. Uh, so, it's it, you know, that makes sense. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It opened at 21 and a half. I'm looking at it now. Right. And it's it's already up to 28 and a half. Uh, everybody loves Clemson. Dabo is playing the we don't get any respect card. He's, he's the Rodney Dangerfield of college <laughs> football. Place. You're the I, defending but national it, champs. You were the preseason uh, number one. We don't get any respect. It's not as if they've got you ranked seventh right now. Come on. Come on. 
No, we've got them third, but it, it, like the reason nobody's talking about Clemson is their schedule is so weak. It is just ridiculous, and that's not their fault. But my gosh, shut up with the wine and, and just go win on Saturday. Well, but I mean, to their playoffs. to their credit, they played two SEC teams. We knew this. They played the second game of the of the home and home series with Texas A and M and beat them at home. And they beat SEC worthy uh, South Carolina, who's not had a good year. But then again, South Carolina beat Georgia, and they played them on the road and they beat them. In addition to the ACC schedule, so uh, there's there's no way. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna win. Yeah, they, they're gonna be in. They're gonna be in. Yeah. The issue the issue is that they lined up two SEC teams that are having down years. Uh, Texas A&M, 7-5, and five, and Alabama and LSU both absolutely drugged yep. Texas yep. A&M. Um, you know, Clemson beat them by two touchdowns at home. You know, Alabama, who is now the number 12 team in the country, went to A&M and, and beat them by, what, four touchdowns? I mean, it just, you know, it, it, you, you can't hang your hat on, on those wins. South Carolina, yeah, they beat Georgia – but they're four and eight. I mean, right. they lost to. But North still, Carolina. my they my point is, they eight. at least put those teams on the schedule, win and played them and beat them, and I think that helps in, in the credibility and in the argument oh, yeah. uh, uh, yes, for Clemson. Does. So, but, but nobody's going to talk about them because you know it, it, they're expected to win those games. That's exactly they, right. Eleven of their games this year, they were favored by more than twenty four and a half points. <laughs> that is absurd. Crazy, and they are again in this matchup with Virginia on Saturday night. Uh, all right, so that being said, what do you want to do here for Three Dog Thursday? I'm curious on where you're going to go. Well, we'll start on Saturday morning. And this may not be on a whole lot of people's radar, but but if you want to just have it on one of your little TVs, if you got multiple screens, toss <laughs> on the MAC championship game. And this line opened up Central Michigan minus three. And look, Jim McElwain has done a hell of a job uh, coaching up the Chippewas. They went from 1-11 last season to uh, I believe they're eight and four this year. Right. I mean they are. They're looking lights out. They've got that offense rolling. Everything's good. But don't count out Chuck Martin's Miami Ohio Red Hawks. Man, they on defense. This team is legit. Look, I understand Miami of Ohio is uh, is seven and five or, or whatever the record is. But you take away the games against Cincinnati and Ohio State and all that. You just look at what they've done in the MAC. They have been fantastic. They already had their division wrapped up before they went to Ball State at the end of the year. They lost by two touchdowns on the road in the last game. I don't think that game really mattered. They already had the division wrapped up. They were gearing up for the conference title game. Uh, Chuck Martin is a fantastic coach. He has got a ton of experience on this roster, and I think that this defense comes out to play in this game. I don't know that they will win the game. I think this is a field goal game either way, and seven points is just way too many here. Give me Miami of Ohio plus seven here. Uh, at Ford Field in Detroit, I, I think that they will uh, they will show up big in this game, and I think it's going to be tight all the way down to the end. All right, so you will go MAC title game. I'm curious on where you're going next, Gary Seegers, Winning Cures Everything podcast for a second championship Saturday underdog. I am going right here in 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 town where I am. I'm in Memphis. I'm going to the AAC championship game. Look, I understand Memphis won last week. By 10 points. The line came out and it was 10 and a half. It has been bet down to nine and a half. I still don't think that that's enough points. Quarterback Desmond Ritter for Cincinnati did not play last week. They started freshman uh, uh, Ben, his name is Casey. Ben Bryant. Right. Ben, ben Bryant. Ben Bryant. Thank you. Ben Bryant. They, uh, they started Ben Bryant and he looked really, really good. 
Memphis jumped out to a 17-3 to lead in that game. They ran the opening kickoff back for a touchdown. They had some really explosive plays. And then Cincinnati got their feet under them and really dictated the pace of that football game. Looked really, really good. And they had one blip in the second half that it, it was a penalty that gave Memphis a first down on a long third down. And the next play, Memphis hit them for like a 40-something yard touchdown. And it was one play that blew the game wide open and gave Memphis the win. I think that Cincinnati can dictate the pace again in this situation. Look, the, the difference in size on the lines between these two teams is just absurd. Memphis has the speed. Memphis has all that. But Cincinnati is massive. And I think that they will be able to run the football just like they did last week. You get Desmond Ritter back. They're going to play Bryant and Ritter. Uh, along with all the coaching stuff that's going on with Mike Norvell. Is he going to take Ole Miss? Is he going to uh, take Florida State? You know, all the, well, all the rumors are that, you know, he's gone after this weekend. So I'm so, an alum, and I'm as worried as you are uh, here that Memphis, two weeks in a row, same opponent, can have the same result. This line scares me. The Norvell distraction stuff scares me. Uh, it, the group of five uh, bid for the Cotton Bowl is on the line. Is that a distraction, too? There are just a lot of things lining up here for Cincinnati. And again, you've, you've piqued me a little more because you're closer to it. I know you and Chris were talking on your shows on the Winning Cures Everything podcast that Chris is, Chris is saying that apparently Norvell had lengthy conversations with the Ole Miss people uh, this weekend. That concerns me. When you're coming right back to play a championship game and you're talking to somebody else about another job, if that is in fact true, so I, I'm almost with you here that Cincinnati is way too attractive. Memphis may win, but it may be a cliffhanger dogfight here. The Tigers have played a lot of wild games, too. You know this, Gary, a lot of high-scoring close games, and this may be about to be another one. Yes, I, I do agree. I think that this is – now, I do think Cincinnati plays well enough on defense, and that, that's a, a Luke Fickle staple. I mean, they are going to be able to slow down Memphis a little bit. Uh, Memphis is not going to be putting up 40-some-odd points on this defense. Uh, but can they hit enough explosive plays in order to keep the Bearcats at bay? I think they can. I think if I had to pick a winner, I would probably go Memphis. But nine and a half just seems way mm. too many points because uh, I think that Cincinnati can control the, the tempo of the game. All right. Uh, I'll get two quick comments from you here. LSU, Georgia, we do not know midweek if DeAndre Swift can play the running back for Georgia and how effective he will be. I believe he's going to try to play, but how effective will he be if he can play and how much that that affects them? Give me a percentage chance that Georgia, with or without Swift, can pull the upset here. I, I know Giannini is an LSU homer. He's always, he's always on your show in like purple and yellow the last month, so we know that he thinks they have no chance. Is it to 10% chance a 25 percent chance uh 50 50 crowd there a bunch of georgia fans that'll be there do they have a shot with lsu to punch their ticket georgia i i don't think they do i think that georgia's defense will be able to slow down this lsu attack a little bit but one thing that chris and i've talked about on our show is defense in college football has completely changed right um i don't know with some of these highly efficient offenses, these high-powered, high-octane, you know, LSU, Ohio State, Alabama, et cetera, it doesn't matter how good your defense is. They are not going to be able to contain 
offenses like that, especially when they are explosive. Uh, LSU is about as explosive as they get. And I don't think that Georgia is going to be able to score enough points to be able to keep up with LSU. The defense will be able to slow them down some. Uh, the best defense that LSU played this year was Auburn. And obviously, you know, they held them to 23 points. But Georgia is going to need the same myriad of, of issues to pop up for LSU, which is turning the ball over and not being able to convert in the red zone, things like that. And Joe Burrow is just on a different level right now. I, I think LSU wins this one fairly handily. Uh, no George Pickens for the first half. DeAndre Swift has got a, a shoulder issue, which you, know, you wouldn't think would, would cause a problem with running the ball. The issue is ball security. Right, and LSU showed, especially last week, once uh, once they felt like they were disrespected a little bit, and they held Texas A&M to less than 200 yards, and and didn't give up hardly anything. Um, you know, I, LSU has got playmakers on defense. If DeAndre Swift plays, but he can't hold on to the football, that's going to be a problem. Uh, no George Pickens in the first half. Lawrence Cager is out for the rest of the season. He was their deep threat. He was when he was in the game, he was the only thing that gave Georgia a shot of a, a passing attack, right? A downfield passing attack. Right. And they're not going to have it. So, I, you know, I think Georgia will be able to score. They're going to be able to slow down this LSU offense a little bit. But we've also seen Kirby Smart, when he gets down, uh, he tries some crazy things that don't always work. Uh, I, I think LSU is going to lead from the get-go. And I just I don't, I don't see how Georgia is going to be able to stay in this ballgame. All right, fair enough. And a quick answer on this one. Let me paint the scenario that all the unbeaten teams win, hypothetically. LSU, Clemson, Ohio State have all won. One loss Big 12 champion or one loss Utah gets the fourth spot. Quick prediction from you. If if that scenario is true, there's one spot for a one loss Oklahoma or Baylor or a one loss Utah, who gets it? What do you think? I think that the committee has shown their hand here. I think they're going to go Utah. Uh, so long as Utah doesn't look just dreadful in a win against Oregon on Friday night. Uh, Utah has been dominant all season. Uh, you look at things like game control, strength of record, stuff like that. I, Oklahoma has had problems putting away teams all season, and they seem like they can get got a lot easier than Utah. Utah, it, if everybody wants to talk about how good you know Oklahoma is on offense, but they're not great on defense, you know Oklahoma is number one in the Big 12 in defense. Uh, it, even still, that doesn't mean that they're great. It doesn't say, right? doesn't say very much. Right, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't say a ton. Sure. Uh, but with Utah, you know, nobody talks about how good their offense is. I mean, with Zach Moss and the tight end, who I don't remember his name, but he is just ridiculous. Uh, they run him on some jet sweeps, and it's just lights out. Um, and then Tyler Huntley has been unbelievable. Now, I understand that the schedule isn't great, right. but they are putting away All teams right. – uh, at, a, at a just ridiculous rate. So if Utah I, sets, I if yeah, Utah if sets Utah. the tone Friday night, you're going to say Utah's got it if there's an opening here, no matter what happens in the Big 12 title game. We're going to find out on Sunday when that selection committee makes its reveal. Quickly to the NFL, if you scan the weekend that has like 49ers as an underdog against uh, the uh, Saints or the Chiefs as an underdog against the Patriots in the AFC Championship game rematch, what do you like on the board here for an underdog in the in the pros, Gary Seegers? In the pros, I am going to go to Houston. I like the Denver Broncos getting nine and a half points. Wow! Houston. Houston just had that big win over the Patriots on uh, on Sunday. 
you know, I, I wonder, I don't trust Bill O'Brien for anything. I, I haven't for years. Uh, I don't know what it is. This team should be much more explosive. They should be better than they are. And I just don't trust them at all. They've got eight wins on the season. Six of them are by one possession. And I, I don't see where they're going to blow out this Broncos team. Uh, Broncos looked good last week. I understand it was only a win against the uh, the Chargers, who haven't been very good this year. But I, I think they got a trigger man. I, I think Drew Locke might be the real deal. And the Broncos defense, they can, they can keep this game tight enough. You're telling me the Texans have to win by 10 points in this spot after coming off a win over the Patriots? I, I'm not buying it. I, I could see him winning by a touchdown here, but I, I, I like the Broncos plus nine and a half. All right, love that on the NFL slate. Plug away, my friend. I always love the insight that you and Chris Giannini give me here on this podcast. How do they find your shows? Because you've got reaction shows, preview shows. Uh, you'll be all over the college football playoff announcement on Sunday, the coaching carousel, which we didn't even get to with you. Uh, plug away about Winning Cures. Go ahead. Go over to winningcureseverything.com. It's got everything that you would possibly need from us. It's picks, previews, podcasts, videos, all of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter, uh, on YouTube as well, youtube.com slash winningcureseverything. You can find it all over at winningcureseverything.com. Yeah, we, uh, we, we hit every, every gamut of the football landscape, and we, we have fun doing it. That's the most important thing, and we do it a lot. I mean, whether, whether we're doing it live together or we are doing it uh, through our little Zoom, uh, whatever the app is called. We, we find ways to get out to the public. We do live Q&As, live reaction yep. shows and whatnot. And, uh, and it's a lot of fun. We've got a, a nice built-up community, and, uh, and we would like to keep that going. And I love the fact that you welcome me into that community and vice versa here on Three Dog Thursday. Gary Seegers likes Miami of Ohio in the MAC title game, Cincinnati Bearcats to at least keep it close. My Lord, don't let them beat Memphis in the rematch game that matters the most for the uh, for the New Year's Six Bowl game. We'll see what happens in that one Saturday afternoon. That one going on at the same time as the SEC title game. Big Ten title game later that night for Ohio State to try to get back in the play off going to be a lot of fun gary seegers winning cures everything podcast thank you brother i always love the insight good luck with the doggies hey we always appreciate you having us in we thank you for coming on with us let's uh let's get some winners this week and three dog thursday brought to you in part by vivid seats and the vivid seats mobile app humongous championship saturday from that big 12 title game at&t stadium in arlington baylor and oklahoma SEC title game, LSU and Georgia and Atlanta. Nighttime action, Ohio State, Wisconsin and Indianapolis. Even the Friday night game, Santa Clara, California. Levi Stadium for Oregon and Utah. Get your tickets with Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app, including Sunday. Patriots, Chiefs, rematch in the AFC title game. Superdome, Saints, and the 49ers. Get your seats at Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app, and we've got a promo code for you right here. It's 30 Thursday 10 for Three Dog Thursday. 10% off your order. Promo code THURSDAY10 for Three Dog Thursday. 
First-time users can take advantage of that promo code up to $50 off your order. Again, your, your satisfaction is guaranteed. Your purchase is guaranteed. It takes less than five minutes to sign up, make a purchase, and use that promo code to save 10%. Again, it's Vivid Seats for all the college football action this weekend and the NFL, including the bowl games, the NFL playoffs. The NBA is back. College basketball is back. All the tickets are good. The promo code is good. Thursday 10 is our promo code to take 10% off. Remember, for those tickets, it's Vivid Seats. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. We do roll on. It is part of championship weekend in college football. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good all over the place starting at noon, probably all the way up until almost midnight Eastern time, just the way we wanted, a full buffet of championship games and trying to dole out who's going to be in the college football playoff. And to help me sort it out, I love the insight of Brian Edwards of MajorWager.com, as uh, he always gives me a great insight on on college and uh, and pro football. A little pro, much more so college football. Uh, all right, we we have reached the point here, Mister Edwards, where we're trying to figure all of this stuff out with championship games. I'll get to a championship game underdog, maybe two with you in a couple of moments. I will say to you that I have said before you came on this podcast, I believe LSU is in even with a loss Saturday. So welcome. Let's begin right there. Do you agree that even if they are beaten in Atlanta, the Bayou Bengals have done enough and they will at least be number four come Sunday with a loss? Absolutely. And I I presume you're implying also Ohio State, which is now number one ahead of LSU. So yeah, but with both of those, I don't know. If Ohio State loses to two-loss Wisconsin, I don't know on them. Because I don't believe, even though the committee has them won, I don't believe their resume is as strong as LSU. Uh, Let's just pick up on that point. Do you subscribe to the theory that they're keeping Ohio State uh, at number one right now to try to keep an SEC rematch from maybe being in play, which would which would maybe be Georgia uh, against LSU if it was one against four, if Georgia was to win the game. Of course, LSU wouldn't end up one in that situation. What am I talking about? But in any event, there, there's some belief that Ohio State was being pushed to one so that we wouldn't necessarily have LSU and Alabama playing. I think you even talked about that uh, at one point here in the last couple of weeks I could easily see LSU in front of Ohio State with a win for example this weekend uh yeah I mean it'll be a more a more quality win I mean I, I think LSU should be should be won anyway but I mean I'm not gonna bicker about it I mean Michigan was playing really good football and Ohio State just absolutely destroyed them so I mean I really think Clemson LSU and Ohio State, there's really not a whole lot of separation, and you could easily make a case for any of the three uh, being number one. And and I really, now I because I mean I think Clemson should be able to survive a loss, but their ACC has been so bad this this year, and they're so heavily favored to Virginia that I don't know that they would be able to survive. Um, I think it's going to be. I, I think the three big dogs are not losing this week. And I think that uh, I think that 
I mean, you can break down Utah compared to Oklahoma and, and Baylor. You know, you can break it down, and it's pretty doggone close. But right. I just, I just think the fact that Zach Moss uh, got injured in the first half of their loss at USC and has come back and been one of the best backs in the country. And I read the committee's, you know, rules and the the the, the verbiage that they use, and it says in their, you know, by, I don't know if you call it bylaw, right? Their policies, it, whatever you want to call it, yeah. right? Yeah, it says you are to take into account if a team was missing a player because of injury or in the flip side case of that, like if if Alabama had won, you know, and he no longer being there, you are to take that into account. And so then, you know, and then you also look at how Utah, 10 of their 11 wins have been by 18 points or more. Um, That's pretty dominant. And their defense is awesome. Their quarterback's been awesome. I mean, they're just – Utah is flying under the radar – and I think that – I don't necessarily think they, you know, have to beat Oregon to death, but I, I think Utah will get in ahead of Oklahoma Baylor winner. Interesting. Um, that's just my opinion. How much – It'll be close. On those, along those lines, Brian, how much does it help Utah or maybe hurt them if the game is Friday night? Does it help them more that it's kind of a standalone Friday night and ESPN is there with Herb Street and Fowler doing the game, Utah and Oregon in Santa Clara, California – if if Utah wins by a couple of touchdowns, twenty points, something like that, does it does it help them that much more that it's a Friday night game, not jammed in the in the barrage of Saturday? I think it'll help them in the the court of public opinion. I mean, I hope the committee's watching games regardless of whether they're on the West Coast or what time they are. But yeah, no, I, I think that that um, yeah, I think standing alone like that is probably going to be the first time a lot of people have watched, you know, a play-by-play four-quarter game. I'm mm. sure everybody's seen bits and pieces here and there. Uh, well, hell, I, I'm even, I mean, probably the only time I watched them play a four-quarter game was um, the loss at USC. Uh, I mean, I watched a good bit of, of, of several others, but um, not the whole game. Watch, I'm sure I'll watch the whole game Friday. Let me, uh, let me also put this to you. So you believe Utah wins Friday night over two-loss Oregon, Oklahoma, in my hypothetical, let's say decisively beats Baylor in the rematch for the second time. You don't believe that the committee would take Oklahoma over Utah. You believe not what's right, not what they should do. You believe the committee would still take Utah as the fourth team head-to-head with Oklahoma if it comes down to it. Well... They they showed a fifty nine to nothing beat down like Ohio State did Wisconsin whenever that was four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. They, they they showed that can be persuasive. So I I, I won't be uh, talking as confidently if Oklahoma beats Baylor fifty nine nothing and Utah wins by three. But <laughs> I, yeah, right now I, I say I think Utah edges in just just barely, but uh, you know. 59 nothing. Oklahoma could change that. Yep, it might. And, uh, and then keep in mind, Oklahoma has been in the college football playoff each of the last three years. Uh, we will see if that continues here, twice with Baker Mayfield, once with Kyler Murray. 
Uh, we'll see if that continues here, depending on what plays out. Because obviously, if Oregon pulls the upset, and they very well might on the neutral field, that eliminates any hope for Utah or Oregon, both with two losses. They've got to take the Big 12 champion at that point. We will find out. All right, I want to get into the Saturday underdogs in a moment, but coaching carousel. We've talked a little bit about it so far on the podcast. I want Brian Edwards' feelings from MajorWager.com here. Gauge it for me. We have openings at Florida State and Ole Miss and Arkansas and Boston College and a myriad of of places, Missouri as well. Now USF in Tampa uh, with an opening. Interesting that midweek, right before we're taping this interview, USC says Clay Helton not fired. We're keeping him, so the USC job not open. Who's on the move? And maybe it's a championship game coach or two like Mike Norvell, Memphis, like Matt Rule, Baylor, maybe even a little Lane Kiffin, Florida Atlantic, FAU. Who's on the move in your mind, my friend? I think, um, you know, barring some snags, which can always happen, um, I think that Mike Norvell of Memphis will be the next head coach at FSU. Interesting. uh, by Sunday afternoon or Sunday night. Uh, what about, I'm let me interject, told, let me interrupt, if Memphis wins the game and they are in a New Year's Six Bowl game, the Cotton Bowl, you still believe he follows through, he takes the job, even in victory with a with a Cotton Bowl looming? Yes. Interesting. And he takes Florida State over an SEC job. He could maybe have the Ole Miss job an hour south of Memphis. He takes Florida State instead of Ole Miss. Yeah, I'm told that Arkansas has moved on from him because they are confident that uh, FSU is where he's going. And I'm also told that Arkansas is extremely confident that, like Norvell to Tallahassee, that by Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening, Lane Kiffin will be the new head coach at the University of Arkansas. Wow. And so you know, I've already mentioned, I will be on the call. FAU, UAB, Florida Atlantic, Alabama, Birmingham, Boca Raton, Florida, about three hours from where I'm sitting right now on this conversation with Brian Edwards on Three Dog Thursday. I'll be on the national call on TuneIn Radio of that game and and I it's inescapable the backdrop is is he headed somewhere uh, let me tell you a couple of things uh, that already stand out here. Number one, uh, FAU can only go so far in the conference that they're in, and, and he's about to potentially win a second championship in that conference. Their attendance is terrible in Boca Raton. There's only so much revenue, only so much they can pay him. The lure of the SEC to go back is big, and he has Arkansas backing from Jerry Jones and some others to maybe take that Arkansas job. So this is going to be the backdrop all all Friday and Saturday and after the game. Is he taking the Arkansas job? And you believe very likely that he ends up in the SEC West against Saban and Alabama against LSU, Lane Kiffin to the Hogs? That's what I believe. And, um, you know, for those that aren't familiar, I mean, obviously they know Jerry Jones' affiliation, but, you know, Arkansas also the Sam Walton, Walmart dynasty, uh, Tyson Food Foods, Inc. I mean, Arkansas has as much money if they need to get it as anybody in America. And I I don't think a lot of people realize that. And they also have an outstanding fan base when they're, when they're winning, they will support a winner. They will travel. I mean, 
my father's son trip with my dad was always the SEC men's basketball tournament my whole life growing up, you know, pre-Arkansas coming in in 92. And we never thought anybody could ever compete with Kentucky to have the amount of fans. But when Nolan Richardson had that thing rolling, yeah. you know, uh, early mid-90s, Arkansas would bring almost as many fans as Kentucky. Uh, they have a great fan base. They have tons of money. And um, I think that's where Mr. Kippen will be come Sunday. Wow. And they've been down for a while, and it's the biggest thing in that state, even though it's northwest Arkansas. Let's see. Let's see what they end up uh, doing. And uh, the Florida State one is the befuddling one because we keep crawling towards championship Saturday, and they haven't made a hire, and they fired Willie Taggart four weeks ago. So... Uh, you know, either the Knowles really believe they've got somebody on championship Saturday or they they are being exposed for not knowing what they're doing in the coaching search, even with the search firm here on being able to pull the trigger and get somebody to take the job. We'll see. We'll, time will tell, right, on this. Yeah, we shall. They definitely don't know what they're doing. Their AD <laughs> is, is not in for the long haul. And that's not, that's not me, my gatorness coming out. I mean, the president's retiring. Right. AD is, is a is a four-decade politician who they they only put him in that position to help cause or help uh, cure the financial woes. So, uh, yeah, there's that. All right, we'll see what the Knowles do end up with. We'll see what Ole Miss, Arkansas ends up with. Uh, there could be a couple of secondary openings if Matt Rule leaves Baylor for one of these jobs. What happens? Uh, as we may mention, there could be a couple of other coaches that might look to jump. What about, uh, I, I've uh, I put this out there because I hear Florida State fans murmuring it, that Brian Kelly may want out of Notre Dame. To maybe the Florida State job, I don't know that it's an SEC job, maybe the Florida State job's attractive to him. I don't know, maybe the NFL is attractive to, to Brian Kelly to leave Notre Dame. If Notre Dame comes open, now that's very interesting as well in the coaching carousel. Just real quick, Brian. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think when you know you mentioned Clay Helton um, being retained, I, I think the better way to describe it is Shelly Meyer uh, put the veto on it, but I don't know if Shelly... <laughs> or you mean Urban, Urban Meyer's from, wife, right. Put the veto right, on going right. to I USC. I don't know if Shelly has veto power for Notre Dame if Oscar... I call him Oscar Meyer Wiener, but uh, <laughs> if Urban wanted to go there. And uh, just real quick, I think if Matt Rule, when he leaves, it'll be for the NFL, and my guess is that it's going to be Napier at Ole Miss, but I'm not that nearly as confident of, of that. Oh, interesting. Uh, well, we'll yeah, see if we'll see if there's an NFL opening for Matt Rule, who's tried to interview. He was at Temple. He's been at Baylor, and obviously, great resurrection. Uh, same kind of thing. I mean, if Rule wins that game and they have a shot at the college football playoff here, I mean, do you go ahead and take another job with that in the background? If that scenario plays out over the weekend, we're going to find out. We're going to see. All right. So enough about the carousel. Let's get to an underdog. Which one do you like on Championship Saturday? Which one stands out for you and why? Well, I'll, I'll go back uh, to where I ended up winning uh, this past Saturday. No, it wasn't. I lost on my dogs uh, with you, but I, I was a late add on play on Cincinnati. Uh, they lose by 10. The line had shot up to 13 14 when their starting quarterback, Desmond Ritter, uh, who's been battling a shoulder injury and had not been playing very well the, the previous weeks. Uh, Fickle came, Luke Fickle came out um, and said, and by the way, he, he might uh, be in the mix on Boston College. I don't know if mm. he would leave there. But anyway, he came out and he said Ritter's going to start this week. 
But I thought the the redshirt freshman Bryant, he played pretty good last week. I mean, he did throw two costly picks, but um, he, he played pretty well for the most part. And look, Michael Warren ran the ball effectively, 122 yards and one touchdown. Um, I, I like Cincy catching the big number. Um, now, you know, we're going to have the. I don't. I'm not implying Norvell. Uh, rumors are a part of my handicap, but it doesn't really hurt. And I think all that Norvell noise is going to get louder and louder, you know, in the next few days. So, but that, that's not really a part of my handicap. I mean, since he just played, uh, the, you know, Memphis only had a 432 to 407 advantage in total offense. It was, a, I mean, they won by 10, but it was a close game. Fifty plus nine or nine and a half. If it's nine and a half, by the half point is the key number of ten. I like I like UC. And this game scares me. I said it earlier in the podcast with Gary Seegers, who's in Memphis uh, from the Winning Cures Everything podcast, that the fact that it's a replay of the same two teams and Cincinnati hung in. And I, I know Memphis had to win the game to make the title game and to host the title game, but this is the game you want to win and pull out all the stops with the with the uh, New Year's Six Bowl game, the Cotton Bowl riding on it. And it just scares me because Cincinnati got back in that game last week, as you mentioned, with the freshman quarterback Bryant uh, making some plays. Memphis's defense not that good. I'm a Tiger, Brian Edwards, through and through. Go Tigers, go! I am a Memphis Tiger, but this this concerns me. Um, I, I can't take Cincinnati against the alma mater just because of a pride thing, but this really concerns me at the Liberty Bowl Saturday that the Bearcats may pull the upset and they may be the team uh, in the New Year's Six Bowl game uh, when it's all said and done in that one. All right, so you don't like a Georgia, for example, against LSU. You're not going to take the large number for Wisconsin against Ohio State. Uh, back to that Conference USA Championship game earlier in the day, I really like the UAB Blazers. Bill Clark's team, the defending champions, by the way, in Conference USA. Fantastic running back that most of the country doesn't know in Spencer Brown. He is an NFL prospect, 6'3", 230, as a power running back with some speed. I, I with the Kiffin stuff and and the fact that FAU's not as explosive as they have been uh, previously the last two years they're good but not great on offense. Uh, what about UAB and Florida Atlantic here? UAB is the doggy. Well, I just um, I, I look at UAB's resume and and look I don't I'm not like dogging on them here. I mean they were they were a dormant program what three or four years. That's ago. right. They've come back and they've been terrific. Uh, great, you know, kudos to Bill Clark. And, and in, you know, if I was coming off of whatever it was, two-year, three-year hiatus, or how, I forget how long it was. It was two years, I'd, correct. I'd, I'd schedule soft as well. And But, man, they they really haven't beaten anyone of note other than La Tech, and that was when La Tech star QB J.M.R. J- J- Smith was out and their star wide receiver. Um, I just – I think FAU, since that heartbreaker to Marshall – on that Friday night game, they've won five in a row, all by double digits. Robeson has just been so much better this year, 22 to 5 TDI and T ratio. Uh, during the five game winning streak, four and one against the spread, the only non cover, they're favored by 20 something and one by 14. Um, I like FAU here now. If your number is seven and a half, by the half point to the key number of seven. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I prefer the Owls. All right, we will see how that game uh, plays out. So there are the underdogs. We did a little playoff talk. We did a little coaching carousel. Do you have an NFL underdog, Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com, that you prefer and why? 
Yeah, I like the Detroit Lions plus 13, and I've got a multitude of reasons why I like it. Um, Let's start with the fact that the Vikings are on an extremely short week. I mean, they were out in Seattle, which is a long way west, as you know from having that flight a month or so ago. And, um, you know, uh, that's just a short, short week. Whereas on the flip side, the Lions – played last Thursday, so they've had extra rest, and you look, and I know the Lions have had a bad year, but they've only lost by double digits once all year. It was to Minnesota, and it was by 12, but the Lions 13. They haven't been beaten by 13 all season long, and I thought David Blau, the rookie out of uh, Purdue, undrafted, I thought he played pretty good last week. I mean, they could have won that game. He was 22 of 38, yeah, uh, 280 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Bo Scarborough, the former running back at Detroit, uh, the last two games, 18 carries, 98 yards, 21 carries, 93 yards. And the Vikings have been double-digit favorites twice this year. They are 0-2 against the spread in those spots. Minnesota wins, but I think Detroit covers. And it's a short week, emotional, tough loss to Seattle where they made the comeback and it came up short. Division rival Stafford not going to play, it doesn't look like, in this game. You mentioned Blau uh, this is the third-string quarterback, and we'll see if the Lions can hang in. I know from my Buccaneers, their faint, fleeting flicker of a playoff hope is they need a Minnesota loss simultaneous to them beating uh, Indianapolis, so I'm rooting you on there with the Lions plus the 13. Again, I, I love the insight of Brian Edwards, uh, MajorWager.com, also BrianEdwardsSports.com, and you said you've got another underdog that has nothing to do with football you want to give out to the audience here in case they they are interested in UFC. Am I correct? You are correct. And a late replacement uh, for Walt Harris, uh, whose who stepdaughter was tragically uh, murdered and went missing about a month ago, and, and they got a replacement against Alistair Overeem in the main event Saturday night in D.C. His name is Jorenzo Rosenstrike. He's 11-0 career, 3-0 in the UFC, three knockouts, one in nine seconds, one in like 30 seconds, and the other one was early in round two. The, the, the second one was just a jab, and the last one was kind of a fadeaway left hook. This guy's got all kind of power, and uh, I give him a great shot at knocking out uh, the ream, Alistair over ream. He's just a short dog, plus 105. But uh, we got a small plus there. All right. So there you go on the UFC. And again, we got boxing this weekend. A plug here for the Big Fight Weekend boxing podcast. Go to bigfightweekend.com. I'll be tweeting it out as well uh, on social media at Buck Sideline Guy about the Joshua Ruiz heavyweight title rematch in Saudi Arabia. We got boxing, we got UFC, and we got a great Saturday of championship college football. We'll find out the four playoff teams Sunday and NFL Sunday. You stayed away from the Chiefs in the rematch with the Patriots, by the way, Brian Edwards. That one fascinating. Uh, 49ers at the Saints, fascinating. A lot of different games of intrigue in the NFL on Sunday as well. So we're excited about all of this. Please tell the audience how they find out more about you, what you're up to, the websites, the great information that you have here. Go ahead, Brian. Uh, you can get all my picks on VegasInsider.com or, or on my website, BrianEdwardsSports.com. As you've noted, uh, I'm now managing editor of MajorWager.com. You can follow that Twitter account at MajorWagerUno, U-N-O. 
And then I'm on Twitter, as, as you mentioned, at Vegas B. Edwards, TJ, always fun. Thanks a bunch for having me. I appreciate you. And uh, good luck to the Bucks, and good luck for our dogs that we talked about. We love these underdogs. Brian Edwards, you're the best. Good luck on Championship Saturday. Why do I get the feeling we're going to see a shock or two before it is all over with? <laughs> the plot thickens for the college football playoffs. Brian, thanks, buddy. Thank you, man. Have a good one, brother. Oh, we continue along with Championship Saturday coming up in college football. Another big weekend in the NFL. It's the month of December. We got playoff spots that are starting to uh, crystallize here for the stretch run. Who better to help me sort it out than from the the Sports Gambling Podcast? Love Sean Green's insight. He, He tried to tell you. Pittsburgh Steelers last week. Love that underdog. Uh, Nice job with that one, Sean. Always good for two or three doggies, it seems like, uh, on this show. So he is back in from the Sports Gambling Podcast. Hopefully got enough to eat for Thanksgiving. You were Vegas, right, for Thanksgiving. So you survived a mild-mannered Thanksgiving in Vegas, and we're back for more underdog conversation, right? Yes, yes. I was uh, in Vegas with the in-laws, my uh, father-in-law. He's, uh, you know, newer to gambling, so he, he he was betting all his picks based on what I told him to do. So I had to sweat out my bets and the father-in-law bets, so a lot of pressure. But uh, awesome Thanksgiving Thursday, went 3-0, and uh, had a Buffalo money line, also parlayed them all together. So very, very profitable Thanksgiving, and uh, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, get on good side with the in-laws so you don't end up sleeping in a hotel somewhere else and uh, and get in trouble. Uh, in that regard, so we love that. Uh, I won my mother-in-law over. She was my future mother-in-law about 25 years ago, and I'm still in good shape. Uh, continuing on with that. All right, uh, let, let's get to some conversation about the college football playoff with you. Again, Sean and Ryan Kramer uh, do a fantastic job. The network of podcasts, the sportsgamblingpodcast.com, and their network of shows all coming out of Los Angeles on the left coast. So let's get into the college football playoff conversation um give me a thought here about utah it's a friday night game with oregon if they win what's the talk out west how how strong a case does utah have with one loss as the pac-12 champs to be in the college football playoff yeah i mean i i really like uh utah wins i really like them to get in it's it's tough to make any sort of credible argument against the top three, Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, um, unless unless one of them loses or, or loses bad, I think those top three, and, and I do like those top three to at least win outright. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't think Georgia – I think Georgia is going to have their second loss this week. Right. And I think uh, I, I like Utah. Uh, yeah, I like Utah a lot against uh, over, Oregon. Even though, and you like them over the winner of the Big 12 title game, even if it's Oklahoma. Why? Why would you like that? Uh, I, I think the Pac-12 – well, I don't know. It, it's – I think – well, th- that's the other thing. is I, I think Baylor has a shot to beat uh, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. But if Oklahoma won by – I don't know, man. Just watching that Oklahoma team, they just don't feel like they deserve to be in the college football playoffs. And, uh, yeah, I think – I don't know. I could see the case for the Big 12 certainly getting in. But I think if um, Utah beats 
Oregon and beats them by a nice margin. I think you got to put Utah in, but it's certainly close. I mean, right. I was calling, you know, my two big predictions coming into the season were that Oregon and Baylor uh, were going to get into the college football playoff. And Oregon uh, doesn't, I don't think, has any sort of shot. You would need a miracle. But Baylor, I mean, uh, you know, there's a hope and a prayer that they can get in. Uh, they would need Oregon to upset, you know, uh, Utah. But It'll be interesting to see how it shapes up. No doubt about that. We'll get into an underdog prediction, and I think Sean kind of already tipped that he's liking those Baylor Bears. We'll find out why in a moment or two. Um, Okay, fun one. Uh, Forget about the committee and what they might do. Sean Green believes the four teams that should be in the playoff are. Give me the four names that you think should be there for whatever reasons. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean – Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I I keep going back and forth because these conference championship games and what I see out of these teams will will make a difference. But, I mean, I really love uh, what I've seen out of the Baylor Bears this season. I, I think Coach Rule has done a great job uh, with that program. And, man, that that collapse uh, that Oklahoma, against Oklahoma – so close if they can win by a big margin i would certainly love to see them in okay and and again georgia could mess this up i believe i said this a couple of times earlier in the podcast i believe lsu is in no matter what even if georgia beats them i believe they are in do you dispute that do you believe they will not take lsu if georgia ups if if georgia wins you got to take georgia do you believe lsu's left out if they lose, or do you agree with me, you're going to get two SEC teams at that point? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the committee would love to put uh, two SEC teams in, and they're probably licking their chops at the thought that uh, Georgia beats, uh, you know, that, that Georgia beats LSU and, and makes it pretty easy to put those two one-loss SEC teams in there. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I like LSU in that game, so in my head, it's already a foregone conclusion that Georgia's not going to be in there, but certainly if – if they beat LSU, how do you not put the winner of the SEC in the college football playoff? All right. We will find out. We'll find out how it does play out uh, for these matchups this weekend. I, I know before we get to your underdogs, I was going to ask you about the coaching carousel because at the time that we're talking right now, uh, USC, their new athletic director, Mike Bone, has come out and given the vote of confidence. We're keeping Clay Helton. Uh, uh, Brian Edwards, the, the handicapper that was on right before you with MajorWager.com said, you can read into that that Sherry Meyer, the wife of Urban Meyer, didn't want to live in Los Angeles and doesn't want him coaching USC. And that's why USC <laughs> kept Clay Helton. What do you what do you make of that? Are the Trojans hanging out? Helton's not awful. They won eight games this year. They've been good. They haven't been great. What do you make of that, that they're keeping him out west? You're in L.A. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's the rare uh, vote of confidence where it's like, yeah, we're gonna keep you. <laughs> well, how long did it uh, take you to figure that out? How many how many phone calls did you have to the field before you did the math? Yeah, if I was USC, I mean, listen, you, you nailed it. They're solid, right? And I think you need some stability at that school and stability in the program, stability for recruiting. Eight and four, yeah, not amazing, but uh, hey, they beat UCLA. They've looked, uh, they had some moments where they looked really strong. I, I, this USC program just needs stability right now. I, if you could have landed uh, Urban Meyer or some of these other big, big, huge names, maybe uh, 
maybe a guy coming from the pros that you really think can give you a huge advantage in recruiting, then maybe uh, you risk uh, disrupting the apple cart. But I, I don't know. I, uh, the Clay Hilton era, I think, uh, yeah, why would you want to get rid of him now? It feels a little uh, short-sighted. Now, they did win a couple of big games. They did beat Utah in that Friday night game. That's Utah's only loss. They beat the rival UCLA again. He's done a good job of beating UCLA repeatedly. So let's see. Let's see how it all plays out. Uh, with the coaching carousel and some of these games for this weekend. All right, so you already tipped the hand. If I've, if I've got the games in front of you, you're really liking the Baylor Bears, that early noon Eastern, 9 a.m. West Coast start in Arlington, 11 a.m. local time for Baylor and Oklahoma, the rematch in the Big 12 title game. You're liking Baylor to keep it close and maybe win. Sean Green, what's up? Yeah, I do. I mean, uh, this Oklahoma team, they just have moments where – it seems like they're just a completely different team. They, you know, I watched that uh, TCU game, and I think I gave out TCU, and uh, you know they're catching a big number, yep. like seventeen or eighteen yep. points. And Oklahoma jumps out; they're up twenty-one nothing, and then they just completely unravel. They really are a, a Jekyll and Hyde team, and I think a well-balanced uh, coach rule Baylor program will uh, they'll be motivated. I think they'll certainly be up for this game. And, uh, yeah, I, I think this will just be a nice, uh, a nice little Sunday on their season there. So I, I think they're, I think they're going to be in this game. I would, I would really be shocked if they don't show up. All right. We will find out again, Oklahoma hadn't blown anybody out to your point down the stretch of the season. So this should be a competitive game it was a wild game in Waco, as you, as you alluded to. And as we've mentioned, Baylor was up 28 to three and Oklahoma oh. roared back to beat them. How much does that factor in? in this game, especially if Baylor gets up again, what's in the back of their head after the Oklahoma comeback before, uh, we will find out uh, in that one. All right, so uh, that is championship Saturday for college football. Again, as you pretty much said, you like the chalk, you like LSU. Uh, Clemson, by the way, 28-point favorite in the matchup with Virginia. They have won the previous four ACC title games. They've covered in three of them. They've covered at least a double-digit line in two of those three. Let's see. Let's see what happens with Clemson and Virginia. If they punch a ticket and if Ohio State punches a ticket, then there's only one slot left besides the unbeatens. If, uh, if that's the case. Let's move on with Sean Green, Sports Gambling Podcast to the NFL. Give me, uh, give me what you think about an underdog here as we go into the 14th week of the NFL season. What do you think? Well, I'm going to, uh, you know, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> coming, off a, coming off a nice doggy performance on Thanksgiving, cashing plus 250 on the money line. It's crazy to go against the Ravens, but this Bills team has been scrappy. They're at home. They're catching six and a half points. They're coming off that extra little bonus rest. The Baltimore Ravens, they look great. Lamar Jackson, you know, fast track to the MVP. I, I had the 49ers last week catching the, the six. I thought that number was too big, even in Baltimore. And I think uh, six and a half is too big for this Buffalo Bills team, especially at home. And coming off the long rest, that was a pretty physical game, too, between the Ravens and the 49ers. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a little concerned about uh, Baltimore's physical running style. The, the Bills have shown some uh, struggles with stopping the run, although they did a great job slowing down Zeke on a short week. So I think that's a good sign. 
Josh Allen is a legit playmaker. And, and Sean McDermott, I don't think, is getting enough credit uh, for the good head coaching job he's doing up mm. there in Buffalo. Uh, this team is scrappy, and uh, I think this is going to be a close game. Nine and three have not been nine and three. We keep referring to this since the Jim Kelly days and going to the Super Bowl in the early 90s. I think Sean Green was in elementary school. Maybe he was in middle school when that was going on. I'm not quite sure. It's been a while. And the craziest scenario, do you want me to put it out there again? That if they beat Baltimore, Buffalo essentially controls their own destiny in the final three games to win the AFC East and kick the playoff uh, Patriots on the road for the first weekend. Now, now, granted, this scenario involves beating Baltimore this week and winning at New England later in December. Good luck. But still, the, bill, the Bills are in that spot right now and have that hope, Sean. It's wild. It's wild at 9-3 and three for Buffalo. What a great job so far. Yeah, they're, they're just a really fun team to watch. They're playing loose. Uh, they have a number of different playmakers on both sides of the ball. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're just kind of a fun team to watch and root for, and it's, it's good to see uh, winning football back in Buffalo. All right. Uh, what's your other underdog for the NFL? I mean, we've got San Francisco, who I'm liking, as a two-and-a-half-point dog at the time we're taping at New Orleans. The Chiefs AFC uh, rematch, AFC title game rematch with New England. They're a three-point dog at Foxborough. Uh, what do you like here for another underdog in the NFL? I'm gonna I'm gonna ride another uh, nice sized uh, dog here. Give me the Denver Broncos catching nine and a half points uh, against the Houston Texans. I really like uh, Cortland Sutton, man. He is just mm. he is just a playmaker. Now you know we'll see what ends up happening with uh, Locke, how how good he ends up being. But uh, Sutton is just that guy is making plays, and I, I think there's definitely some uh, there there's some opportunities against that Houston defense. Uh, the number just feels way too big. This this Broncos team, they've certainly had their issues, but they've lost a lot of close, close games. Uh, I don't think uh, Bill O'Brien, you know, I, I don't know if he's that much better of a head coach compared to Vic Fangio right now. And I do think there could be a case where the Texans are smelling themselves a little bit. Big <laughs> Sunday night win against the, uh, against the New England Patriots. And now you got the uh, Denver Broncos coming in, your big favorites. Uh, Denver's defensive line may get some, you know, you could see Von Miller getting some pressure on Deshaun Watson. And that's really how you beat Deshaun Watson is you just get to him. And uh, I, think the, I think the Broncos will have an opportunity to do both. This kind of reminds me of the, uh, of the game against the Vikings where they, they came in, they were huge underdogs, and, I mean, they probably should have won that game outright, but they certainly covered the spread. Yeah, they were up 20 to nothing at halftime and Minnesota stormed back and beat them. You're right. They've played a lot of wild, close games. They won a close game on a field goal with no time left to beat the Chargers uh, last week. And uh, you're right. Unfortunately for me, I got eliminated in one league in the fantasy playoffs last week. Why? Uh, in large part because Cortland Sutton was on my bench. He was questionable with an injury. Oh, I didn't no. play him. And so I'm regretting that all off season. But he's he's a fantastic receiver that not a lot of people uh, know a ton about. He played at SMU. But yeah, Denver has always had the big physical receiver like Demarius Thomas and some others 
uh, in their history. So we'll see if uh, if this is the case. Uh, you know, uh, Shannon Sharp was a big tight end target for the Elway teams. Um, We'll see if uh, if Sutton and, and Denver can keep it close, at least in Houston, uh, for this weekend. All right, uh, so there are the underdogs of Sean Green. We're excited to see what happens with Championship Sunday in college football and in the NFL. Um, I, I can't believe that you you didn't go after my Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the and the game with the Indianapolis Colts. I uh, come in. My Bucks have won back to back games. The Bucks actually favored at home for this week. Indian kind of yeah. a must win mode. There there are some intriguing games with teams hanging in uh, for the playoff hunt or at least attempting to hang in uh, for the playoff hunt. What a job that Mike Tomlin has done in Pittsburgh with a third string quarterback. With no Antonio Brown, no Smith Schuster, uh, you know, patch it together. No James Conner, part of the year running the ball. They just keep winning games. They're at Arizona, Pittsburgh and Arizona. Late Sunday window game. Seattle and the Rams coming Sunday night. A lot of great NFL that we're going to have, Sean Green. One more time, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch the NFL on Sunday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the uh, I probably would have went with the Colts. I love betting the Colts. They're kind of. They're kind of my darling when it comes to gambling, but man, Adam Vinatieri, I, oh. I can't do it anymore. I and I know if you watch the play, it's like, well, you know, they're not blocking up front, but this guy has just cost me so much money this season because the Colts have been undervalued, uh, I, I think, and they just can't have any luck with the kicking game. So, uh, field goal game against mm. the, against the Bucks. Uh, I'm scared. I'm scared to be involved in the field goal game with Adam Vinatieri on the other side it's going to be a tough matchup for the colts or for the bucks um but yeah I, that's probably the reason i didn't throw them in the on the dog they're and in the doghouse right and now. you've been on the bucks a couple of times previously against the rams and the seahawks the buccaneer defense playing much better the last two weeks with 11 sacks and six turnovers in the last two games uh both great defensive performances Granted, it's Atlanta and it's Jacksonville, but let, let's see what happens if the Bucks get a third straight win here against Indianapolis. Breathing some life in at the late at the late part of this season in December would get to six and seven with a win on Sunday. We will see. We will find out. Yeah. We love the sports gambling podcast. Sean Green, tell the fans more about your shows, your site, and everything you guys do. Check us out, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. You can get us on uh, iTunes, Spotify. We do a weekly daily fantasy football, a DFS uh, podcast, a weekly college football podcast, and a weekly NFL picks podcast. And then we have a whole network of other uh, podcasts hosted by other hosts covering everything from EPL to uh, college basketball, boxing, NBA, a little bit of everything. So check us out. Just uh, Google Sports Gambling Podcast. Going to be a lot of fun to watch the college and the NFL unfold uh, for this weekend and what happens with the coaching carousel. How many of these coaches that end up maybe winning a championship game, like we keep talking on the podcast, Sean Green, Lane Kiffin might win the championship game of Conference USA, and in the midst of the postgame, he's taking a job with Arkansas or wherever. Same thing (laughs) might happen, Mike. Mike Norvell at Memphis with Memphis and Cincinnati. Same thing might happen, Matt Rule and Baylor against Oklahoma. You could have coaches that win these games and they end up taking a job to go somewhere else before the big bowl game. We will find out what happens. Sean, I always love your insight. Thank you. Uh, be well. We look forward to talking to you some more on, uh, on Three Dog Thursday. Thank you, sir. All right. Take it easy, TJ. 
And there we go. There are my guests on Three Dog Thursday. My thanks again to Gary Seegers, Winning Cures Everything podcast with his underdogs, Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com, and BrianEdwardsSports.com, breaking down and handicapping. And there's Sean Green on the Sports Gambling Podcast. Uh, Sean and Ryan Kramer doing a great job. Go to SportsGamblingPodcast.com. Find out their assortment of shows. We'll get ready for these games this weekend. Again, I like UAB in the Conference USA Championship game that I'm working against FAU, Florida Atlantic, Lane Kiffin School. I don't know that UAB wins the game, but I think this could be close. And they put on a great performance last year to win this championship game on the road. Conference USA title game. I'll broadcast the game on the TuneIn mobile app. Check it out. 1.30 Eastern time uh, on on the radio digital radio call exclusively on TuneIn for free on the TuneIn mobile app search for the conference usa championship game we're anxious about uh, seeing what happens there uh elsewhere very very interesting that oregon is the underdog friday night with utah we were talking about this game a bunch with brian edwards with sean green late in the podcast I'll take the Ducks. The Quack Attack have not been a road underdog this season. Uh, They were the neutral field underdog against Auburn in the game that they lost. But they've not been a road doggy yet this year. I'll take Oregon against Utah uh, here as the underdog in the Pac-12 title game coming Friday night and getting those six and a half points. And give me the San Francisco 49ers. I think with that defense, uh, Garoppolo, uh, they're strong. uh, They're indoors here. I know they had a tough loss by the field goal to the Ravens, but I will take San Francisco to win this game outright against the Saints in what could be a playoff preview. Give me the two and a half points and the 49ers on Sunday afternoon in the Superdome. So there are my underdogs. Again, good luck to our handicappers with their underdogs. Enjoy Championship Saturday. Again, I believe LSU is in no matter what uh, for the college football playoff. I think Clemson's going to roll. That's another spot. Ohio State very likely wins. I think one spot is up for grabs, and I think if Oklahoma wins, it's the Sooners on Saturday. Utah better win on Friday night. I don't know that they will. Again, I like Oregon to cover, and Oregon may win the game. Uh, Utah's got to hope for an Oklahoma loss. I think Utah with one loss, Oklahoma with one loss. It'll be the Sooners who get in. If it's Baylor and Utah, that's a tough call for the fourth spot here. So I'll take LSU, I'll take Clemson, I'll take Ohio State, and I'll take Oklahoma to beat Baylor and to be that fourth team in the college football playoff. Let's see what happens, what the selection committee does on Sunday. Enjoy all the games, championship Saturday in the NFL. We'll come back to recap all of it next week. Coaching carousel, too. we got guys that are going to be moving around, moving and shaking over the next four or five days, depending on when you're listening to us on Three Dog Thursday. Let's see what happens with the coaches, championship Saturday, the NFL, and much more. We'll be right back here with another edition of the only digital radio show that's devoted exclusively to underdogs. I'm TJ Reeves. It is Three Dog Thursday. Bye.